I like to think of myself as a Miss Frizzle type. Don't you think? I can see that. I think so. I like my favorite one is where the school bus goes through the digestive system. Hi, I'm Dahlia. I'm not your therapist, but I am a dating coach, a matchmaker, and your new best friend when your real best friend just doesn't want to listen to you anymore. So let's have it. Hello. What a weird time it is, especially for dating, am I right? You can still, in spite of all of this, my email still works. Notyourtherapistpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, notyourtherapistpodcast. So this week's conversation was with a listener, is with, I should say, a listener of the podcast. His name is Cameron. He's great. Um, He's ironically, a bit of an introvert who likes to follow the rules. And we have a great conversation about different ways to meet people, ways to put yourself out there. Uh, This was, of course, a few weeks ago. So we talked about many different social options, which are not options right now. So I changed up the intro for this week. I am not, well, I am kind of addressing a listener question, which is what the F do I do about my dating life when I'm not allowed to leave my house? Um, And the answer, there are a few. One thing I'll say that I've been saying a lot, and so you've probably heard me at this point, is FaceTime dates. I'm really into this idea. It's kind of like love is blind without the blind part. It just forces you to get to know someone in a different way. Uh, You can get a glass of wine. You can be like, let's do dinner. Let's have cake. Whatever it is, you can pull it out of your pantry and be like, I'll meet you at eight o'clock for a FaceTime date and a glass of wine. You can say, let's limit it to a half hour. I got to go at this time. It's, It's kind of... I love this idea even when we're not in this crazy situation because this saves you time. It saves you money. It's for all my people who love to be like, I don't want to get ready and go out and take two hours out of my busy life, which I don't really agree with. And I think we'll all be eager to do after this shut-in time. But if you're one of those people now or later, you can save yourself the time and money, drink your own wine at home and get to know people and just reach out. And I say, put this in your dating app profile. Say, hit me up if you're bored and want a FaceTime date or like, I'll provide my own wine, whatever it is, say something cute and punchy, or you can wait until you start talking to someone. I do feel like people are going to be on the apps if just for human contact and because they're bored. So if you need to take this time for yourself, go ahead and take it because what better excuse? But if you're like, I was really having some momentum and I want to keep getting to know people, do it. Put yourself out there. Reach out to people on Instagram while you're just scrolling through Instagram. Reach out to people on Facebook. You know how I feel about making all social media your dating app so you're not just confined to what you can find on Bumble or Hinge. So that's one answer. The other thing is, if you're kind of early on in the dating process with someone, let's say you've had one, two, three dates, this could also be a great time to get to know them a little more. We do this thing at the beginning of relationships when we are attracted to someone where we forgive a lot of things. And I'm a big fan of that. I love forgiving things, but we will get all wrapped up in someone that maybe we wouldn't even really like as a friend, especially if we've already slept with them and we're like really into the physical aspects. It's very easy to ignore a lot of important things. So what better way to know if you truly like someone than in a time when we cannot just interrupt our conversation to start making out or jump into bed together and ignore that racist thing they said or whatever. We have to just say, do I like hanging out with this person when all we can do is talk and look at each other's faces? Do I like spending time with this person? Do I like the things they say? 
this could be a really great way to save yourself from just going down that road of like, I felt chemistry and sparks and now it's too late and I'm head over heels. This is like, do you like them on a daily basis? Do you like them as much as you like talking to a friend? That's someone who's going to be a long lasting relationship. So if you've been on a few dates, you can recommend a FaceTime date. Also, though, you don't have to feel... um like you have to do this. I'm all for, like I said, working on momentum, continuing to connect and get to know people. I think a lot of people are going to be feeling pretty isolated. And so any way that we connect and get to know each other better and deeper and fuller is great. But also if you've been burnt out, you've been through some bad relationship non-starters or ghosters or online dating in general has been tough for you, you have my permission to take this time for yourself, to heal, to cry, to reflect, to meditate, to watch TV, to take a bath, to bake brownies, which is what I did and it's all I've been eating for the last 24 hours. Um, Whatever it is, I'm going to clean out my pantry. I'm going to clean out a closet. You know, just take this time for yourself. This, I don't really believe everything happens for a reason. I'm not one of those people, but I am you make a reason out of everything that happens. And this is our opportunity to take what's happening and say, how can I make this a good thing for me? What can I find that is positive in this? One thing to think about is like, I think a lot of people who have been like, I'm not ready for a relationship are going to be really confronting themselves and their fears when they're alone in their house. I think this is a great time to ask yourself, am I someone I would want to spend time with alone locked in my house? And if not, what can I do? Can I read some more books? Can I be more interesting? Can I take up a new craft? Can I learn to, you know, bake or tango or whatever it is, take this time to really grow yourself as a person. We cannot force this to be over soon. We can't force relationships that just started to go any faster than we want them to. This is a great time where we are being forced to slow down and to get to know ourselves and to remember what's important to us, to reflect on what we really want, to know that we are not our jobs and careers and money and the places we go and the things we take pictures of. We are ourselves alone in our apartments, maybe with roommates, significant others, whatever it is. You have to be able to spend that time with yourself and enjoy it. And so whatever you need to do to make this kind of a rebuilding time for yourself, dating will resume, swiping will resume. Do a couple FaceTime dates, see if you have fun. If you're feeling burnt out or you're just like, I'm really enjoying this quiet time, Get off social media entirely. Turn your phone off for three days. Doesn't matter. We're all doing it. You're not going to get left behind. So listen to yourself. Take care of yourself. And for people who are in relationships listening to this, to speak to that just for a couple seconds, I say it's really helpful to make a schedule for yourselves at the beginning of every day and say, this is what I'd like to get done today. This is the time I need to myself. I told Matt he could have two hours video games every day. And I find stuff to do during that time. We also have our own things to do for work, of course, but really helps to block out time that you're not going to be in each other's faces. But this is also a great time where we said, we're going to take an hour long walk every day, or we're going to cook something new every week. Like This is a great time for everyone who's just forced to be grounded to look at your relationship with both your significant other and yourself and make sure It's one that is healthy, that is growing, that is feeding and nurturing you, and it's one you want to be in. Another hot tip for couples, just because I'm experiencing this myself, Matt and I had a little strife about I was being way more positive, like this is going to be over next week, and he was being way more doomsday, this might never be over. 
We had a little argument. We both had to hear each other because where are we going? Nowhere. Say the when you talk about it like that, it bothers me. And then we agreed to meet in the middle. So this could be a very stressful, anxious time, both for people who are not in relationships and for people who are. Let's choose to take this sign to slow down, breathe, take things slowly, take your space, do what you need to do for yourself, communicate with who you need to communicate with about that, whether it's someone else or yourself, and take care of yourself and stay inside, for God's sake. Stay, well, you don't have to stay inside, but stay away from people. Stay away from people. Okay. We will get back out there. We will resume dating. Have no fear. I can't say when, but I'm here for you. Send me your questions, comments, thoughts, notyourtherapistpodcast at gmail.com. Enjoy this conversation with Cameron and think of it as notes for the future on how to be social, but also how it applies to right now. We can still be social. We can still get that humanity fixed when we need it. Just get creative. Hello. Welcome, my special guest, Cameron hailing to us from Texas. He just waved, but he doesn't understand that on podcasts. You can't, no one can see you. It's okay. You'll get used to it real quick. Don't be shy. Um, Cameron, thank you for joining me. Cameron is located in Texas and we've been corresponding over email. You had questions and you were super like interested listener and you were always kind of having thoughts about things. So I thought, it would be fun to bring you on for a full sesh and talk about your situation. So you are single. Yes. yes. You are 28 years old. Yes. Male identifying. Yes. Straight identifying. Yes. Live in Texas. North Texas. North Texas. And you are in college. You are back in college. You were in college before. You're back in college now. Correct. Great. And you used to live closer to... Dallas. Dallas. Yeah. But now you're a little bit farther out because you're in school, so you're finding dating to be a challenge in kind of like North Texas life. And for some reason, despite the fact that you are very attractive and charming and obviously smart and hardworking and kind, you're finding dating to be difficult. Yes. I guess I've always found it to be difficult, but now that I'm back in college, I'm finding it difficult for new reasons. Okay. So let's wind it back a little have you been in a serious relationship before i i I guess i've been in relationships that i treated seriously but Mm -hmm. none for more than three months and how did you typically get into those relationships how did you meet those people uh, either friends that i've already known for a while or via friends of friends Okay, so they would be friends and then they would become something more. And why do you say that you took them seriously, but maybe they didn't or maybe they weren't serious relationships? I guess it's not that like, it's not that like my partner didn't take it seriously and I did. It was, I I cared about the person. I obviously wanted it to go well, extend for a while. Um, But for... I, obviously, the reason why it ended is dependent upon the relationship. But regardless, uh, either I or the other person felt that it should end relatively quickly. Okay, interesting. So you haven't really been in like a serious, like this is going somewhere kind of thing. No, nothing for a long amount of time now. And ultimately, what is your goal with relationships? Would you like to be married? Would you like to? I mean, what, yeah, in game is like, yeah, I guess I would say it would be marriage. That's in game. Mm-hmm. Um, if 
if it doesn't, if like, if the next person I meet, I, I, we don't end up getting married, then I'm not going to be beat up about that. But I would like for that to happen in the eventually. Yeah. But I'm not like looking for my wife right now. Right. I mean, I think you seem pretty aware of the fact that right now, one of your main goals should be just getting more dating experience, right? Yeah. I just want more life experience, really. Like there's things I still want to be doing. Uh, so yeah, just life experience, really. What are you in school for right now? Economics. Interesting. And what do you want to do after that? I I guess there's various jobs. I'm trying to be open to like different job possibilities. Um, I do admittedly want to stay mostly because of the weather and that it's relatively cheap. I do want to stay in the area. Um, but yeah, I'm not too particular about like specific jobs that I want after graduation. As long as I can use my degree, then I'm fine with it. So you say that you want to stay in the area, even though you're actually pinpointing the area as one of the issues with your dating life. Do you mean you want to stay in Texas or you want to stay in this like part of North Texas that is kind of removed from a city? I guess more, more, eh, I don't need to stay in specifically North Texas. What I really want to do is be in a warm climate that is relatively cheap to live in. Sure. That's really what I want. Sure. And Texas is that. Yes, so. it is. And I assume the cities are a little bit less that because they start to get a little more expensive. So even though they provide maybe a better social life, they don't really provide the financial life you're looking for. Right. And so that's a balance that I'm going to need to ha- try to find regardless. Totally. Um, what I've been doing is just living in the suburbs and like commuting into the city. For uh, social so events? Mm-hmm, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would get the benefits of the cheaper cost of living from the suburbs. But since I'm right next to the city, I can commute in and it's not that big a deal. I like that. So do you think because I find in Los Angeles or I used to live in New York, there was a certain level of understanding that even if you, you know, were in your late 20s, early 30s, it wasn't abnormal to live with roommates because those cities were just so expensive. Do you think that that is the case in Texas, too? Or are people a little bit more like, why don't you live by yourself? Do you have roommates? Do you live by yourself? I do have roommates. I have two roommates. Well, two roommates, but like one of his girlfriend also recently moved in. Gotcha. It's a bit of a situation going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, so in, I guess in the college town that I'm in, it's remarkably common to have roommates just because if you're relatively young, it's college. assumed you're in college. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, and in like in the city, it's again, same situation as how you mentioned for New York and LA. It's kind of expensive. There's not, roommates are pretty common. Yeah. Um, but in the suburbs, that's less common. But yeah, it's still not unheard of. I would say to live with like other people. Do you experience in your mind any kind of judgment around that when you're trying to date? And we're going to get to the reasons you've pinpointed, but I just want to know about that. No, I don't feel like any judgment or pressure to live by myself. Uh, I have done that for a year. It was all right. Um, I did like having like my own space. That was cool. Uh, I didn't like that my cost of living for rent almost doubled. That wasn't. Um, so that's why I'm personally biased towards roommates just cause it's cheaper. Okay. So now let's get into it. We got a little background. So I asked you to email me with some things that you could talk about in terms of your dating life. Mm-hmm. So you sent me a couple different emails. You find that you 
don't seem to be dateable. Can you talk about that? I guess if I this I guess yeah, because I guess if I I'm making the assumption that if I was dateable, I or I would have been in some sort of I guess long long relationship longer than what I've been in so far. Uh, so I don't I don't know I know like to a certain degree not like numbers like it matters love yeah. what have you. It's a numbers but, game. I don't know. I guess. I guess I would. I'm making the assumption that like I'm not as dateable as I, as others, because I've not had as much success as others, uh, in the dating realm. And so you take that responsibility entirely on yourself, and you don't say, "Well, maybe I just haven't been with the right people yet." It must be me that's undateable. I guess I would rather it be that because then I can. That's some. I, that's something hmm. I have control over. I like and that. that's something I can change. Yes. And if I decide not to change, and that's a willful decision, and I'd rather it not just be left up to the cosmos, and I just kind of have to like twiddle my thumbs and wait for something. So, what do you think it is that needs to change? Because it sounds like you have some ideas. I mean, I have ideas, but so I don't know. I guess there's, I guess, generic uh, advice of like, you know, you know, get in better shape, which I've done. I've put on some muscle. I really appreciate that. Hasn't so far led to anything. Um, what else? Dressing nicer. I tend not to want to put myself in situations where I have to do that. Um, but whenever I do, I do look nice. I get compliments. Again, nothing really seems to come of it. Um, so more than likely, it's probably like my behavior. If just various aesthetic uh, issue, if there are no aesthetic issues, then it's likely something like with my behavior or personality. And I guess that's where I'm kind of like in a rut because I can't. What do you think? What do you think in your behavior or personality it could be? Ugh, I don't, it's kind of difficult to analyze yourself to that high of a degree. Um, Have you gotten any feedback from people who are like, you went on a date and they're like, hmm. I wasn't really into this or have people not really provided feedback for you? Well, I've, I've only gone on exactly two dates. So that's a really small sample size. Mm -hmm. Um, and for both of those, that was me not really wanting to continue it. Oh, why not? I, I don't know. I just, I wasn't like that. I mean, so I was physically attracted to both of them. But like personality wise, I, I don't know. I just was kind of not, eh, I, pro I probably should have, I guess with more experience now, I probably should have gone on a second date with both of them. Cause yeah, I don't know. People get nervous, you know, uh, but I, don't know, I was just not that excited or into them. It was, yeah, it was kind of whatever. Like, it just they were just regular people, which is fine. But, like, I wasn't, I don't know, just kind of whatever. Really, I got more platonic vibes than, like, wanting to, than, like, anything romantic or sexual. When's the last time you felt more than that for someone? I mean, I've had crushes. Like, even mm -hmm. now, I still get crushes. But not since, I guess, my last relationship have I, like, felt more platonic or romantic like feelings for but with the exception of crushes have i felt platonic or romantic feelings for somebody else and do you ever act on those crushes 
Yes, but I don't take blind leaps of faith in that I try to get to know more about the person to see if I'm really just lusting after them because I find them physically attractive. Now, the second bullet point in your email is perhaps I am self-sabotaging. And I don't know yet enough to know if that's what you're doing, but I am getting a strong sense of like, you say that you would like more experiences and more relationships and more dating, but you seem to have some sort of maybe wallop or something that is saying, yes, I want those things, but not to the extent that I'm necessarily willing to take a risk, put myself out there, risk getting hurt, and maybe change up my routine and my comfort zone for that. I am remarkably risk averse. Uh-huh. So that's why I'm like, I. it has to be something that I either am unaware of or just if I am aware of it, like subconsciously, I'm just like not willing to do it. I don't know but I am remarkably risk averse. So yeah, you seem like a very practical, reasonable, logical man. You're studying economics. You want to live in an affordable place with nice weather. Everything is like very in its place with you, which is lovely. We need more people like you, but doesn't actually serve you that well in the world of romance. That does seem to unfortunately be the case. Yeah, so I think your instincts about I'm not dateable are wrong. Okay. But you're. it's more that you aren't putting yourself in the best position to be dateable because you've actually gone on two dates with probably people that would have liked another date with you. But for whatever reason, you didn't feel that intense spark or that crush feeling, whatever it is. No. So you said, no, I'm okay. And I'm sure having listened to this podcast, you already know about my three date rule. Well, yeah, I know that now, but mm-hmm. like that was, back then I didn't. So. Yeah. So I think what that, what that is, and that's usually something I have to say a little bit more, just speaking gender stereotype wise to women. I have to say that because they tend more to be like, I didn't feel spark, so I'm not going again. Whereas men, as long as they're physically attracted, usually can be convinced to go again. So I think there's probably some sort of protective mechanism happening with you when you go on these dates. That's just like your very practical, sensible, logical filters that are just like, "Mm, I don't sense that this is going to be a no risk, all reward situation. And therefore, it's not worth it to me. Yeah, I would. I'm not going to say no. I'll say that much. (laughs) Because I... I guess because I also don't even get to, I guess maybe taking a step back might be beneficial because like I've mentioned, I've only been on like two dates period, uh, which is not a lot for someone Do you mean like in your life? Yes. But then outside of that, you've dated the people you've already been friends with. Right. But you didn't like go on dates with them. Got it. Uh, More like we just hopped straight into a relationship. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. We never... Yeah, there was never like, yeah, it was just, hey, I'm going to like, we're going to come over, watch a movie, just kind of hang out like once. Next time I come over, like we're having sex by that point. Wow. So like we've moved moved relatively, at least what I felt relatively quickly, Mm -hmm. straight past like any of the dating courtship process. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Are you interested in the dating courtship process? Would you rather your next 
relationship or whatever it is come out of a slower moving kind of like actually get to know each other courtship trajectory more than we're friends and now we're sleeping together and now we're dating. I guess from experience, I am used to like the kind of slower, like first we're going to start out as like friends or friends of friends. And there's a filtering process that way. Right. Rather so that like once we're alone together, like we already know we both feel safe. We already have things we can talk about for a while. Uh, If there is an awkward silence, it's not really that awkward. Um, Yeah, that's, that's more what I'm used to. So I guess that's what I'm trying to do. But I'm not opposed to like going on first, second, third, however number many dates. But yeah, I've never gotten past a a first. So Well, you can't say I've never gotten past. You have to say I never asked anyone past. You have to take some of that responsibility. Touche. You know what? You're right. So a little bit you're telling yourself that classic story of like dating doesn't work for me. No one wants to date me. And it's going to serve you better since you are a person who wants to reflect and look at what you're doing to contribute to the situation to be like, I chose not to go on more dates. I chose not to take that risk. It does sound like the friends followed by sleeping together, followed by dating, falling into a relationship thing. It speaks to your risk of herself because you're like, I'm getting to know this person over time. I already know what to expect. Nothing's going to go horribly wrong that I can see. But I think it could be fun for you. Like if there's one area in your life to allow some risk, I think it's in the world of dating. I get not wanting to risk things, obviously, with like your school career or your career after. Like that's your life. When it comes to dating, part of the joy of it and what makes it so satisfying when we finally settle down with someone is that we got to have those adventures. You know, we got to have those awkward conversations. We got to have those horrible mishaps happen where we look stupid in front of someone or whatever it is. And those are the memories that are going to, one, make you really happy to finally find someone. And two, that you're going to like look back on fondly and be like, oh, I was so silly and young. And like, you know, I get that your instincts as a person generally are to be reasonable and sensible and practical, but I think you're going to have to shake that up a little bit here. Yeah, You're not the first person to say that. Um, I mean, as I was talking, you put on another layer of clothing, which Freudian, you were trying to protect yourself. You're like, I already feel more vulnerable. Let me put on this puffy vest. Well, I am physically cold. Uh, Hopefully hearing those words didn't cause my internal temperature to drop. Yes, maybe (laughs) it did. I mean, I've also noticed even in the the, um, emails that you sent me, because I emailed you saying, do you want to be in the podcast? You sent me back like a list of very specific questions about what to expect before agreeing to do it. Then, you know, everything you do is very thought out, very considered, which I really appreciate. I think it makes you highly dateable, actually. Makes you highly relationship material. You're going to make a very good partner for someone. Absolutely. Everything you do, you, you think about what you're doing. You consider all the right ways to do it. But it's serving to keep you from the world of dating. Because with the world of dating, there are so many unknowns. There's not someone you can send an email to asking a bunch of questions before you decide to go on a date. 
you can't get this assurance that nothing bad is going to happen and that it's totally low risk. You kind of have to go into it blindly and just be willing for those things to happen. Man. Okay. Okay. Including being rejected, which could very well happen. Yeah. No, I've definitely gotten a lot of tacit rejection. Talk, talk about that because, yeah, you, you – um mentioned in your email tacit versus explicit rejection that you've experienced. Yeah, I guess I would describe like one way of being tacitly rejected is like if I um, say like, hey, uh, hey, friend, do you want to hang out? Uh, You know, Saturday, there's this fun event, you know, you want to go do this thing. Uh, I guess one, what is it? You could be like, oh, you know, I'm really busy. Uh, I just, I'm busy. And like, that's it. Mm-hmm. No, like, mm-hmm. can we do it like next Another week? time. Yeah. Right. Or just flat out saying, no, that's not something I want to do. That would be rather explicit. And I'd be like, oh, okay, fine. But if it's tacit, then I'm like, oh, maybe in the future, if I make another move, then like the, the person could say yes. But like, that's, I don't know. I, I tend, again, being risk averse, if I don't sense enthusiasm from really whoever, then I'm like, oh, okay, then I guess like they're, they have better options or whatever. So I'm just going to let them go do whatever it is they want to go do. Mm-hmm. Because I, if I see or hear about something that I think is fun, enjoyable, cool, whatever, then I'm like, yeah, like I'm very enthusiastic myself to like show that this, I am excited for this. I want to do this. I'm committed. Like, let's go. Mm-hmm. And if I don't get that in response, then I'm like, oh, okay. Then this yeah. person isn't into it. I'm going to go move on. Okay. And then what about explicit rejection? Oh, that would just be like a flat out, like, no. For what, <laughs> like, oh, like, hey, you want to dance? No, thank no. you. No. Okay. okay. Well, bye. Like, So I, when that has happened to you? I actually prefer being explicitly rejected because I know where I stand. Yeah. That's, again, I guess, point of the risk aversion because if right. – if it's a tacit rejection, then I don't know if I should just move on or if I should try again. But what I'll point out about that is you prefer explicit rejection, but on the scale of risks, what you are averse to is rejection. But it turns out when you actually get it, it's not that bad. If it's explicit, yeah. Mm-hmm. If it's tacit, then I'm just like, where where am I? Where do I go from here? And that's actually what I dislike the most i like to know where i stand with people if they don't like me well people generally like me but if they don't then i'm like all right cool like i'm out if they like me great i'm in if it's in the middle then i'm just like i don't know what to do here like uh and i and then i i just i just tend to remove myself from that situation yeah yeah i mean i think that's probably wise i would say you could ask for further clarification and just be like, I really don't do well with gray areas. It's totally fine if you're not into it, but can you just let me know? Can you give me a firm answer? You could always ask for that. Okay. I think in your mind, you've experienced that a fair amount, but I don't actually think you have because I think you're probably not even putting yourself in the situation to be rejected all that often. Like, probably more often than not, you're just like, you know, that seems a little scary or risky or, like, maybe a not great idea. So I'm good. I'm just going to stick with the status quo. I would agree with that, actually, yeah. Because, like I said, I don't enjoy taking blind leaps of faith. 
And yeah, if I don't know someone that well, yeah, effectively asking them out would be, at least from my perspective, a blind leap of faith. This is going to hopefully go well. If not, then I'll be okay. Yeah, if not, you'll be okay, right? So I get not wanting to take a blind leap of faith uh, when you're actually in danger of something bad happening. But going on a date with someone that you might not end up marrying, it's pretty low danger situation, don't you think? Oh, well, yeah, like just by, yeah, I, even in somewhat dangerous situations, I tend not to feel a sense of danger. Um, But yeah, okay. Yeah, I should. Yeah, I don't know. I know I should be doing more what I perceive to be blind leaps of faith, but it's just, yeah, like rejection. Like it's no one, no one likes it. I know I need to get used to it. I think the more you do it, the less you take it personally every time it happens to you, you know, like Mm -hmm. most of the time rejection is not actually about you. It's about the person, some idea they have or where they are in their life right now or the timing or like some other complicated scenario in their life. But it's very rarely about you. And I think the more you can get used to rejection, like I would even say, you know how like writers, they're like, you have to collect a thousand no's before you get one yes or something like that. So it's Mm -hmm. like every time they get a rejection letter from a publisher, it's like a good thing because it's a step closer. Mm -hmm. I would encourage you to change your thinking to, I'm going to go collect some rejections because like I have to get through those anyway. There's no way around it. There's no way to start dating the right person for me without going through a series of rejections first, because also those rejections are part of what make you appreciate the person when you actually find them. Okay, good. You know, if it was just that easy that like, let me just stay safe in my house until I found the exact right person, it wouldn't have the value and excitement that it does in our world. Everyone wants to find, not everyone, but most people want to find their significant other because of all those rejections they've experienced. And by the time they find someone, they're like, I am so grateful for you. I never have to go through that again. And that's not to say you can't appreciate someone having not gone through that. But I definitely think that's a big part of what makes it pay off in the end, what makes it rewarding to find a person rather than your goal being, let me get rejected as little as possible. Your goal should be, let me go out and hunt down some rejections. Let me add some rejections to my queue, my list, what are my tally? And like, because not until I get through at least 100 am I going to find my person. And if I don't start knocking them down, it's going to be a while. Yeah, I guess, yeah, it's difficult to appreciate the highs without the lows. Yeah. Um. I also think like you're going to approach the ask differently if you're not coming at it from a please don't reject me I hope this goes well place but if you're coming from a like all I have to do is put out the ask all I have to do is ask the question what they do doesn't really affect me I'm here to ask the question and put myself out there oh yeah of course because the yeah the second one is significant I guess was it fortune favors the bold so Mm -hmm. if you commit for various ask for various I guess things in life you committing to something increases your likelihood of it succeeding. Uh, and yeah, so that the second version, yeah, is much better, much more confident that person. Yeah, it's going to be more likely to succeed. Yeah, exactly. So if you can be coming into it, not with the idea of like, my goal is to 
succeed, but my goal is just to ask the question. Okay. You know? So I guess redefining success. Yes, redefining success. Success is like the process. Like you have to be in the process. You have to be in the pool. You have to be doing the exercise to get results. You know, you can't be hanging out on the sidelines and thinking it's just going to come to you when the moment is right. Yeah, yeah. Because I guess when I initially was starting my workout habit, I knew from experience that I guess what I initially should define as success is just doing it rather than like, actually achieving right any sort of noticeable goal right and probably not, you still will yeah of course yeah of course like yeah, if you just do it like at least for working out if you just go from doing literally nothing to literally anything you will achieve results but they're not going to be noticeable or withstanding if you don't do them for a, a sustained period of time right so i guess exactly. the the same I'm trying to like in my head uh could translate that is yeah if i don't um I guess, again, what I, I'll, I'll eventually come up with a different phrase, but at least for now, uh, if I don't take like blind leaps of faith mm-hmm. ever, then I will just, I guess, be in my comfort zone, uh, which from experience has not yielded results. So I shouldn't really expect anything to change. Uh, so I need to be doing something different. So yeah, do those blind leaps of faith, get rejected. Apparently I'm handsome. So someone's going to say yes. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I guess that's where I, where I'm the current mental processing. Yeah. And then you have as a, another bullet point, why basically you're saying why I am so resistant to change and how to change anyway. And I think it, that's what we're talking about here is like changing the idea from I'm going to change in the hopes of getting this result and more to, I'm just going to see if I can change. I'm just going to, the result is the change. Okay. Because I can't control the outcome of my actions. No. I can just control my actions. Right. Period. Hopefully the outcome will be good. Sometimes you're still going to get rejected. Other times you're not. But the goal is like to stick with it regardless of the result. Because what I don't want too is for you to be like, okay, yeah, I'm going to ask more people out. Then you get rejected like three times. And then you're like, never mind, I'll go back to my old ways because this isn't working. Like so much of this path with anything, but especially with dating, is consistency. I get a lot of clients who are like, that went badly. I didn't like it. I'm turning off all the apps, deleting everything, going to live in my apartment, be a hermit. And then like two weeks later, they're like, how come I haven't met anyone? And I'm like, you got to stay in it. You just got to stay in it. Doesn't have to be great. Doesn't have to be perfect. Doesn't have to, you don't have to do it right every time. Because the fact is too, like people, all people find someone eventually and they find someone who's right for them. And there is doubtless someone who is going to love you just as you are and you're going to have an amazing relationship, but you physically cannot find that person if you're not out there. So it's not about like learning how to be the perfect dater, the ideal person, the best dresser, the most handsome and perfect and built and whatever else that everybody wants, but it's about being in the pool so your person can find you. Yeah, I I guess because I'm in college, it's currently more difficult because I can always be studying. I always, I should probably study more, but whatever. Do you study at home or do you study in a public place? Lately at home, uh, because I guess I, I don't know. You even, I guess even when I was in college the first time, I always did study in like public quiet places, but 
I mean, yeah, if you're studying, you people generally just leave people alone. So I never felt like that. Actually, nope, that's not true. I definitely have met people that were studying and I helped them because they were struggling and I knew what they were. I knew what I could help them and I did. So, yeah, I guess I could go study in public because I just thought of an example. Mm -hmm. I just did uh, to counteract what I was just saying. Mm -hmm. Okay. Great. Glad we're having this conversation. I don't really need to be here. You could just be therapizing yourself at this point, which is great. I can can only talk to a mirror for so long. (laughs) It's true. Um, But like, what would you think about, you know, you don't, you don't, because I recognize studying can be harder in a public place than at home. But if you're not going to be socializing because you're busy studying, which is totally fine, are there ways to optimize your studying time to meet someone, whether it's at a coffee shop, a library, you don't have to talk to someone every single time, but you start becoming a regular, you start to notice the other regulars, you say hello, you help someone find a book, whatever it is, help someone with their computer, that then you kind of get to comfortably warm up the way that you like to do. And I've seen this person a couple times, they've seen you, there's context. And then eventually you can be like, you can totally say no. But would you ever like to grab a cup of coffee sometime? So back when I was first in college, I used there, there was a dance spot that I would always go out to every Saturday night. And that what you're, what you just said is effectively what I did. Mm-hmm. You know, I like by, I would show up like 10, 10 30. No one was really there. I didn't care. My goal was just to like get comfortable in the space so that when eventually people started to show up. I was comfortable and confident. So that, therefore I would come across, I, I would have more, I guess what I did at the time de- determined as success. Mm-hmm. So that place is gone now, unfortunately. So I need to find somewhere new to go. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I guess I should do that. I could do that with more than just going out dancing on the weekends. Yeah. You could do it in a library. You could do it in a coffee shop. You can do it in a park. I tend to prefer more active, active activities. I mean, I'm sure there are other dance places. Again, this is going to take a little bit of you pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. Like, yeah, it's easiest to go home and open a book and stay home. You also have to ask yourself, you know, at this point in your life, while you're very busy with school and focused on school, do you want to be dating? Or do you want to just be totally focused on school and then come to dating when you're done and you have a job. At that point, though, I would say it's always very easy to find a reason not to date. And it's always very easy to find a reason to stick with the status quo and stay home. And so at a certain point, you have to be like, okay, no more excuses. I'm ready. Or if I'm not ready, I'm going to force myself out there anyway, if just to get the practice in. Yeah, I might not really be great at having a whole relationship right now, but who knows what could happen. People meet in all different times in their life and they work around each other. And if you don't start practicing and getting in the gym at some point, you know, when will you? No, I, I definitely agree. Cause I used to be a lot more, uh, I guess what the term would be capstone where, Oh, you know, I want to go live my life, travel, do whatever. And then I'll try to find somebody, mm-hmm. but now I'm like, that's, there's nothing like inherently wrong with that. But now I've switched to more of like a cornerstone where I just want to find my person because there's not going to be a quote unquote 
right time right. for said person to appear in my life mm-hmm. because I should always be trying to improve my current situation wherever it happens to be. So I just, whenever I'm ready for that, whenever that person appears, then I hopefully am ready and can appreciate them and can love them in the way that they want to be loved, what have you. Right. But yeah, I just, I don't know. I'm not, yeah, I'm no, I'm no longer capstone. I'm definitely more corner, cornerstone, just like ready for whenever it happens, if it happens. Yeah. And it can't happen to you and they can't show up in your life if you're sitting at home. Cause like last I checked, people don't just show up on your doorstep, like want to date. So, yeah, I don't live a porno lifestyle. So I mean, I wish, but I think, you need to then put yourself out there. Because I think the even the verbiage of like them showing up in my life or that happening to me is all very passive. Yeah, okay. So I think you need to get more like when I find them, you know, when I meet them, then blah, blah, blah. And that's about you getting out in the world and doing the work. And being more active, yes. less passive. yes. Yes, because I think we talked about this a little bit, too, when you were like, you know, uh, you don't do so well in the apps. And I think you're being probably, if I had to guess, a little passive on the apps, like probably not super active on them. And then when you do have conversations, you're probably like, hey, how are you? And you're waiting to get a very clear signal that they want to go out with you so that you're not risking anything. But you might need to just be a little more forthcoming, like make active conversation with exclamation points and excitement and after a few exchanges or a day of chatting hey it's so great chatting with you i would love to actually meet you and get a drink sometime when when are you free so i would say that actually at least for the rare instance that i do get a conversation going on the apps i actually try to be as authentically myself so even if that comes across as polarizing i'm okay with that because if, if I, I'm, I guess me being authentic is going to either filter, it's going to filter for compatibility because if this person likes what they're seeing, then they're probably, then we're probably more compatible. If they don't, then we're probably not. So at least on the apps, I tend to, yeah, I try to be as my authentic polarizing self. But you're not polarizing. What do you mean by that? But wait, what do I mean by what? polarizing how are you polarizing on the apps i really like i really push against the idea that anyone can authentically be themselves through a series of still photos and a couple messages in a message like i just think the idea that like i'm filtering for people who would actually like me when they haven't even met you yet is not a real thing oh yeah i would definitely say i'm not doing like a good job because it's just inherently difficult not like yeah, I would definitely, I definitely would agree that like, yeah, I'm not doing a great job of it. Not because I'm bad at it, just because the the medium itself doesn't lend itself right. to, to 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 doing that. So that's so why I would, I would encourage you to not quote really strive to be your authentic self, but more to strive to get to meet the person in person, and then they can judge then if your authentic self is right for them or not. Oh, okay, okay. Because most people are not their authentic selves in the digital world. They are not really good at communicating what they're really like through a series of Tinder messages. 
So the goal is get to the date, get to the meeting, not like, let me just really be myself and not do anything that makes me uncomfortable in here. And then the right person, it's like, no, that's not how it works. We're, we're filtering too much. Uh, okay. Okay. They need to meet you and get your energy and see you because pictures don't do you justice to get a feeling for how they feel about you beyond what they can tell from your app profile. Yeah. Like, don't try and get too much into like, my name's Cameron and this is who I am and this is how I feel about the world. It's like, no, just be like, hey, I'm here. Yeah. Chat, chat, chat. What do you do? Nice. Good. How are you? Good. Hey, do you want to get a drink and do this in person? The end. Okay. Yeah. And not trying to protect yourself and find out too much before the date. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I guess barring like demographic information and I guess hunting for topics to talk about on the date, I don't really, I don't, I don't tend to ask too many like questions. Yeah. Just more like, yeah, filter like, hey, is this a person that I think I would even like talking to? Like, that's really. The only question, I guess the, the main goal of, I guess, that initial conversation. And then I try, I guess, yeah, if I, if I do end up like, hey, this is a person you like talking to, then yeah, I would ask them out for coffee, pizza in the park, something. I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah. But I think you just got to get on there a lot more. I get the feeling you don't spend a lot of time on the apps or maybe you don't swipe right a lot on the apps because you're like looking a little too closely and you're like, ah, she said this. I don't really know if that's a match with me. Again, like no one is an expert at this. So you just have to get to the in-person meeting as much as possible unless they say something like crazy offensive. Yeah, and that's not ever happened, thankfully. <laughs> yeah. Um. No, I don't know. I, I definitely... At least I feel like I'm swiping right some 80% of the time, if not more. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's I'm the the ma- my match rate is gotta be in the single digits, if not lower than that. That's what yeah. So single digits per what? I guess per right swipe. So like if I'm just blindly going uh-huh. you know right right right, uh, I'll maybe get one to two matches a month, maybe. I mean, I've looked at your profiles and I think they're great. So I don't really understand that happening, but I think you just have to keep at it. Are you on, you're on Tinder, right? Are you on any others? Uh, so I, so I guess I have like a small folder on my phone uh, and it has Tinder, Bumble, Hinge, and OkCupid. Uh, I used to have, uh, I think it was Happen, where like it's like locally, like if you travel around, like you get matches with people that you just have. Oh to, yeah, I remember that one. I think that I used to have that, but like, I don't, I don't know. I, I deleted that one. But yeah, it's just the those four: the Tinder, Bumble, Hinge, and OkCupid. That's what's on my phone right now. And do you find more success or less with any of them in particular? Uh, I guess the dates I've gotten have been from Bumble. Um, I've never had any conversations on Hinge, so I'm not on that one as often. Uh, I've had OkCupid the longest. So I guess I've had the most conversations on that just due to amount of time. That one feels right to me for you because it's a little more considered. It's for people who are actually taking it a little more seriously, I think. I guess my only like thing with it is from, I guess from my female friends, from what I've heard, they're just inundated with messages. Most of them just say like, hey, so those generally get discounted. Mm -hmm. But even the, there's still even a decent amount of like messages that are at least somewhat thoughtful uh, that they're just getting constantly. Mm-hmm. And I am not 
Uh, and I don't get replies either. So that's why I'm like, and that's why I was like, am I, I don't know. That's why I'm, I'm, is it me? Like that's, that's the part where I just like, I don't know, like if it's something that I'm doing wrong, really, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I don't know. I want you to take another look at it and be like, am I being kind of passive and defeated and blah when I go into it like what's my general energy feeling when I'm messaging people okay I feel like you're probably trying to do something right you're probably being very considerate and I want you to be a little more playful fun off the cuff because if you want to talk about being authentic you need to take away the four filters that exist between your brain and the page Probably more, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, you're going like, I don't want to be offensive. I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't want to come across this way or that way or this way. And you just kind of have to be like, use a lot of explanation, exclamation points. I know it sounds stupid, but they communicate a certain energy over text and, and message. And it just says like, like, you don't have to be over the top with them. But I think just being like, hey, tell me about your last weird dream that you had. Or like, hey, what'd you eat for breakfast this morning? Or like, what, what, what's better, natural peanut butter or the fake stuff? Like something totally random, like you're in the middle of a conversation with a friend. Okay. Because I feel like you could be a lot more silly and fun and playful and charming than you allow yourself to be because you're trying to perform a certain way. You did mention in your email. Also, I likely have some counterproductive survival mechanisms from living in poverty for so long. Yes, more than likely. Yes. But I don't know what they are because that's just been my lifestyle. Well, I wonder if that's too where a lot of the risk aversion comes from. Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah, is I that would, you lived yeah. that way where you were nervous and on edge probably a lot of the time. Yeah. Or didn't feel safe as a kid. Is that correct? Uh, I mean, again, due to my size, danger was never really a thing. Mm -hmm. It's more like, will I have a home? Will I right. be able to eat? So I guess danger in that sense. Um, right. Yeah. So yeah, but that's risk. still danger and that that could still cause you to be very cautious about what you're saying and what you're putting out there. And even though it's obviously not going to affect your financial situation, it's that general learned behavior of like, I'm always a little bit at risk and I always need to be watching my back or I always need to be thinking about my next move or how I'm going to deal with something bad happening or, you know, protective mechanism. Yeah, I'm definitely in that mindset more often than not, I would agree. Yeah. So I think it's about a little bit training yourself out of that by taking some relatively low cost risks like being silly in a first conversation instead of being polite and correct. Like I think whatever your energy is when you're just texting with a friend, talking to a friend, someone you already know, already trust, to try and bring that into your dating app world. Okay. And start I mean, having I, more fun with it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, oh. I definitely can be quite brash and uh, bombastic. But yeah, it's definitely something I... I, I tend, I'm definitely not that way at first whenever I meet someone. It's more, yeah, like if if I behave this way, will it like will this person respond in a playful manner as well? If yes, then I, I'm game. Yeah. Right. Totally. I And I think it's less about being brash and bombastic and more about being silly and playful. 
you know, and more just like, like curious. The word is curiosity rather than you trying to do all the extra brain work of figuring out what'll happen if I say this? What'll happen if I do that? What'll happen if I go on this date? It's about just staying in kind of a curious, playful place of like, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to find out. And there's very little bad that's going to come of it. What happens if I say this? What happens if I try that? And even turning the apps into more of a game for yourself Mm -hmm. of like, I'm going to try something different. I'm going to see what happens when I do this. I also think, as I always say, you probably need to uh, just refresh your profiles a little so you can get back at the top of the pile if your matches are that low. Okay. You should yeah, be updating to... them every couple of weeks. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I I have not done that. So I, okay, I could I could change some words around. Yeah, change some words around. Put something silly, fun. Put a hook in there that encourages someone to talk to you. Like, ask me about this, or like, I know where to find the best pizza in the city. Like, challenge me on that or prove me wrong or whatever it is, you know, like some sort of challenge, some sort of hook, some sort of something that says, like, I'm playful, I'm fun, I'm up for an adventure. Yeah, a call to action. That's what. Yes, it, call to action. Yeah, that's the term that is stored in my head, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm not really that silly or playful, admittedly. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's surprising or not, uh, but I tend not to. I, that's not to say that I like never am or can or don't, what have you. But yeah, that is admittedly not a natural thing for me at all. Well, what if your opener was, I know I'm supposed to try and be silly and playful on these apps, but that's honestly not who I am. So how are you today? Like, it's about just like being honest and kind of like word vomiting at someone. Yeah, I guess if you want to meet your local Ben Stein, I guess that's... Yes, that's you. You're very dry. Whatever your sense of humor is, finding a way to infuse it into your opening line or your profile or your messages. I think it's about removing the many filters of Cameron trying to do things right. Yeah, I guess the, yeah, the removing the, the, I guess the falling flat on my face filters, which I, of course, will be fine if I do. I think you should try it. You should try to fall on your face. It's a long way. Like yeah. The ground's really far. <laughs> How tall are you again? I'm 6'5". Damn. I've been practicing. Some ladies out here in LA would love you, Cameron. You should come out here. I, that, I, I've, I've debated about going. Like LA it, is warm, you know. That, but it's expensive. Yeah, but not in certain parts, like if you live in the valley. I don't know where that is. It's just over the hill. Um, Anyways, one more thing that we should talk about in your email is Mm -hmm. conflicts of interest in dating. For all of my current hobbies, I've taken up leadership roles. I'm hesitant to try to date anyone in my hobbies because I don't want to scare anyone away from the already small number of people that participate in my hobby. Mm -hmm. So it's like you're a leader in certain things and you don't want to alienate anyone. Yeah, because, you know, if I'm like teaching, let's say if I'm teaching a lesson for like just for like whatever hobby it happened to be at the time I don't really want to I guess go after anyone like that I would be teaching because I want them to show up again yeah, and I don't want it there to like create like a potential awkward situation of oh this person doesn't want to like show up to like my thing anymore because I as a teacher am always going to be there 
So like, they're just going to have to like, Oh, they're going to have to see their ex every time they go do this hobby. Like, so I don't, I don't know. That could be trying to avoid that. When you're doing those hobbies, do you all hang out socially afterwards? My hobbies are large enough that I don't hang out with everyone socially, but I mean, it's. What kind of hobbies are we talking about? I guess the ones that I have at least semi leadership position in is dancing. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I, te- I, I teach like a beginner dance lesson. Wow. What, since like 2014, I've been partner dancing and I'm uh, like a organizer for two different dance organizations in the area. Wow. Uh, so that does eat up away some study time, but I really enjoy it. And I do get to meet lots of cool people and I, I like dancing. It's fun. You know, I get, I, it, it's fun. I like the people anyway. Uh, I don't, I'm really, I'm remarkably hesitant to pursue anybody that I meet, at least from the dancing styles that I do. Yeah. Cause I don't want to like scare them away from like coming to keep doing it because I like hanging out with them obviously. So I don't, yeah. So I'm, I'm not saying I don't, I will never like date a dancer ever, but like from any of the students that I could potentially teach, I'm hesitant to date them. I mean, I get that. I think if you find out someone is finishing your class, that can be a good time. And I think whenever you're asking someone out that you're not sure about, you always want to preface it by handing them the opportunity to say no. So you can always say, you can totally say no and absolutely no hard feelings, but can I take you out for a drink sometime? And then by saying take you out, you're saying like, this is not a friend thing. So you're being clear about your intentions up front. Because if you're like, do you want to grab coffee? Then they might be like, oh, like as friends, sure. And then they'll be surprised. But I think, you know, offering them totally fine if you say no, will not be mad, it will not be awkward, but I'm just asking. The other thing I would say is, letting it be known, and this is going to be hard for you, but letting it be known that you're single and looking and interested in dating, it might not be the people in your class, but they might be like, oh, I have a single friend. You're such a nice guy. I would totally set her up with you. So if it's not directly the people that you're interacting with, the people you interact with always have access to more people. Mm -hmm. So it does double duty of letting that person know you're single. So if they were interested they could take it upon themselves. But it also says to them, hey, if you know anyone, and obviously you wouldn't want to bring this up like in a dance class, but if you all hang out socially, if you go out for drinks, if you go dancing together, you know, you get into it. This takes like having some more of those getting to know you conversations where when dating comes up, you're like, actually, I am single. I've been single for a while. I'm really trying to date more. And then you just want to present it in a like, I'm trying to date for fun more way than like I'm looking for my wife and like, oh, I hate dating. Like you want to be like, I'm looking to date more. If you know anyone who wants to go on a date with a fun guy who can dance, let me know. Like kind of presenting yourself in that fun way of like, it would be fun to go on a date with me and I would have fun going on a date. Okay. Yeah, that that, that sounds a lot better than, yeah, that sounds better. Okay. Yeah. Because then you're yeah. harmless. You're not hitting on them. You're saying no. if you know anyone, and I'm sure they're like, oh, wow, of course, let me think about it. Yeah, because who doesn't know single women who want to meet a 6'5", kind, intelligent, economics major bachelor who's very thoughtful, who teaches would that, dance? Would that disqualify me from 
the, I guess the people like within that group, I mean, I probably wouldn't want to date, necessarily date them anyway because of the position that I'm in, but would that disqualify me, I guess, from that group of people? I mean, if you start dating someone's friend, they're probably not going to then date you after that if it doesn't work out. But if you just say, hey, if you know anyone, that doesn't disqualify you because they could be like, yeah, I know me. We should go out sometime. Okay. So it's especially good if you sense something from someone to say that to them. Of like, I'm trying to date more. So like, if you know anyone who would want to go on a date with me, I'm totally down to have an experience, have an adventure. I'm trying to be less risk averse. Just like be honest with people and be like, I'm trying to have some more experience. No pressure. Doesn't have to be someone I would marry, but I'm just like looking to go on some more dates. Okay. Because I guess if, if, if I heard a woman, like if I was part of a friend group and a woman said that, then I would automatically assume that like, oh, okay, I'm not included as part of that someone. So let me like try to actually be beneficial and help. Well, that's because you're very risk averse. That you would automatically assume that doesn't include you. I mean, yeah, some some people will be like, oh, not me. Okay, I get it. But then those weren't the people for you anyway. Like, if you're worried about asking them out directly, then this is the next best thing. And then I'd say if they stop coming to your dance class or if they finish that session and you're interested, then you can always say, you can totally say no, but I've really enjoyed having you in the class. And now that the class is over, I'd love to take you out for a drink sometime. Okay. I got some things to consider. Yeah. And then I would say pick up some hobbies that you are absolutely not going to become the leader of. At least in the town that I'm living in, that's, I guess, due to the relative size and the fact that I am, I like to think at least that I'm good at being a leader. Uh, That's, at least in this town, that is not, there's always a risk of becoming a leader, which is a weird sentence to say, but whatever. I I think you can find some ways to not be a leader immediately. And you can ask people out on a date before you become the leader. I think you're putting up blocks right now of like, no, well, it's just not possible for me to not be a leader, which like may be true in your small town, but there's always a way around it. You can always be like, first, I'm going to ask the person out, then I'll take on the leadership role. Or if you're taking on the leadership role, then you have to commit to asking the people out when they finish the thing or asking them to tell their friends about you or whatever it is. Because otherwise, you're just finding ways to keep yourself from having these experiences. Yeah, which yeah, I guess that's why I was like, oh, let me bring up the, these potential self-sabotaging totally. behaviors because I'm like, I yeah, because I, I don't I don't recognize that I'm doing them as I'm doing them. Right. I don't even really think they're self-sabotaging. I think they're self-protective. OK. Which is a form of self-sabotage, but it's coming from a good place. I think you don't need to like beat yourself up and be like, Cameron, why are you sabotaging yourself? But be like, you're protecting yourself. And then be like, what are you protecting yourself from? What's the risk? What's the worst thing that could happen? I guess rejection. Rejection. But we've already learned that you actually aren't afraid of rejection. You're just afraid of not knowing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't like the, the what if. I don't like that. So then you, if you don't like the what if, you have to go after things. Because otherwise the whole world is a what if. And if you sit at home and don't go out and don't ask people out and don't go on the apps regularly, everything's a what if that always could have been. Yeah, yeah, to a certain degree, yeah, I would agree. I do have mad FOMO, so that's a thing. Yeah, so go get out there. 
Get out there, Cameron. Can I sell you on the podcast? Do you have an Instagram? I don't have an Instagram. Wow. Maybe you want to make one. What what do what do people, people use Instagram as a dating app these days? People want to find you. I bet girls in your dance class want to find you on Instagram, DM you, be like, hey, what's up? They want to like your pictures. They want to comment on your stories. And they're like, can't find Cameron. Guess he's just like not in the world. What do people do? Like that's I think you need an Instagram. And I don't say that to a lot of people. Yeah, I don't. But that's another great way to meet people, too. Like you see a friend of a friend of a friend and you're like, huh, she's cute. I'm going to follow her. You follow her. She follows you back. You DM her. Hey, I saw your pictures. Thought you were cute. Would you like to get a drink sometime? People are using that much more effectively than the apps these days. Yes. What? Huge. Huge. I don't know. That's okay. Yeah. You need an Instagram. We've decided. You're the first person to ever tell me that. Okay. You need it. You're getting it. I want you to start one today. What would I do? Like, what do I post? Whatever you want. Keep it fun. Keep it light. Don't get super political or serious on there. So Don't not post gonna- like memes and inspirational sayings. But okay. just like you picture of you at the dance place, picture of your dance students, picture of like chapter 27 of my economics book. Here we go. Studying for the afternoon. That's also what stories are great for. Stories are great for just kind of casually charting whatever you're doing because they don't stay there forever. They're not part of your feed. They're just temporary. So you can be like on my way to the library. Anyone want to join? Post. Start making friends, start connecting to people. Then you see someone you're interested in who's a friend of a friend. You can reach out. They can reach out. I think it's going to be good for you. They're actually, you, I guess you mentioned the econ textbook and there is actually a legitimately humorous line for some reason in the textbook that I, that I, I think it would do well. Okay. Yeah. So you post that to your story. You're like, who says econ can't be fun? And your dry sense of humor can come out. I think you need to be putting yourself out there more, especially because you live in a kind of a small town where you're not having access to as many people. You have to get access in as many ways that you can. Okay. I guess I'll make an Instagram. Yay. God. All right. This is weird already. It's going to be great. Once you have your Instagram name, I want you to tell me so I can sell you on Single Crush Saturday. Because then also, like, people from my podcast can reach out to you on Instagram. I'm definitely going to need, like, tips because I don't know what to do. Download Um, it? Well, yes. Follow a couple of your friends and look at their Instagrams. You'll you'll pick it up quickly. You're a smart guy. Okay. I think it's going to be fun for you. I hope so. I don't. I'll wing it. I'll just make you mistakes. Wing it. Get like crazy. Make mistakes. Get get messy. Something. Make mistakes. Yeah. I haven't watched a Magic School Bus since I was a kid. Oh, I love Magic School Bus. I like right. to think of myself as a Miss Frizzle type. Don't you think? I could. Yeah, I could see that. I could I see think, that. I think so. I like my favorite one is where the school bus goes through the digestive system. That was a good one. That's the best one. Anyways, okay, so you're going to make an Instagram. Step one. Step one. Then you're going to start following people, reaching out, having fun. We can talk about that. Then your first thing you should follow is not your therapist podcast, obviously, on Instagram. Very important. Um, And then, you know, when you see people who follow me, you're like, they're cute. I'm going to follow them. Great. 
And then you're going to start letting people know at your various activities that you are single and looking to mingle and you are going to have so much fun with dating and you're such a fun guy. And then on the dating apps, you're going to start removing the 17 filters and you're just going to start up in the middle of a conversation. You're dry, you're funny, you're real, you're natural, and you're going to get to the date and you're not going to obsess about it too much. You're going to take a risk. You're going to go study in the library or in a coffee shop, start making friends, start looking around, do the old, here's my phone number and I'm walking out the door trick. Write it on a piece of paper, drop it on the table next to the girl's computer. Bye. Like on it says, Cameron, here's my number. Da, 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 da. I think you're cute. Would love to take you out sometime. And you drop it on the table. You're going to go towards the risk. You're going to seek out rejection. Oh, man. All I right. know. You can do I like, it. I like the beginning of the list. And then yes. as you kept going. Yeah, like, it got harder. Yeah. Seek out rejection. Think of it as I have to collect 250 rejection letters. Before my first yes to be a published author. Oh, gosh. All right. That would. Go collect. You got to collect. Man. This is a very low risk situation. Very low risk. The only thing you have to lose is your pride. And that will probably be good for you. Yep. My ego, though. Your ego, though. You'll be fine. You're 6'5". It's fine. You're fine. Just because it's higher up doesn't mean, it doesn't mean anything. It means a lot. It means a oh, lot. Okay. You're doing great. Okay, so we have a plan for you in place. Okay. I want to know what your Instagram is so I can promote you. Go make it and then email me and tell me. Yeah, I'll, yeah. We'll okay. do that. You can we'll put do it that. Yeah, okay. Okay. I'll fig- I'll look at other people's and come up with hopefully something catchy. Probably Can you not. do it today? Yeah, I can do that in the next 15-ish minutes. You're the best. I'm so proud of you. I'll, 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 I'll try to be witty. No if guarantee. not now, when, Cameron? When? Yeah, if not now, when? If not, there's an, that's a, that's a phrase I'm going to look up later. Great. That's a, Let me know a, what you find. Oh, uh, so I need to, oh, uh, I hate when I can't think of things. It's okay. It's okay. I feel much more strongly about that than like my dating life right now for some reason. Okay, well, I need you to feel strongly about your dating life. But if you don't, that's even better, more reason to take some risks. It doesn't matter anyway. You have nothing to lose. Touche. You know? Yes. Okay. Okay. I'm going to wait for a progress report. Okay, let me... Very excited for you. I need... It means I have to download Instagram. Start being proactive. Start using excitement and dry humor and being yourself. Man, wherever you can get used to your own voice. I used to be a classroom teacher. And uh, when, what is it? My students would always ask me, hey, Mr. Burwell, do you have Instagram? And my reply was, no, I have integrity. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, they didn't like that. I thought it was great. You do have integrity, but but now we need you to have Instagram just for fun. It's just for fun. You don't have to lose your integrity because of it. It's more like, Think of it this way. Once you find the love of your life, you can delete Instagram forever. Yeah. And probably at that point you should because it causes many fights in relationships. That's what I've heard. It does. It does. I think everyone should get off of it except for you. Yeah. Like I've heard like, oh, like, why are you liking da da da? Yeah, exactly. So you're a free man now. You can do whatever you want. So use it to your advantage. And then once you get find Mrs. Cameron Burwell... And everyone can look up Cameron Burwell now. Um, 
then she's going to be like, guess what? Time for you to be delete Instagram. And you're going to be like, that's right, because I have integrity. Easy. Easy. It's been such a pleasure. Did we cover everything? Do we feel good? I feel pretty good. Yeah, I have a list of things that I'm downloading Instagram now. Right. Uh, it's just installing. So I'll work on that. I'll email you my handle. Is that the word? Yes, the handle. Yes, yes. Well, email you my Instagram yes. handle. Please. Um, and then I will try to go out to social activities, ask out women, inevitably get rejected, yes. get over it, and do yes. it again. Yes, yes, yes. And you'll find your groove. You'll find out what works for you. But for right now, I want you to seek out rejection. Ha. You okay. I believe in you because you are someone who puts your mind to things and gets them done. I need you yeah. to get 250 rejections. That is. That's low, honestly. Very low? low. I'm being very, very kind to you. Oh my God. Usually I say a thousand. A thousand? I'm saying 250, and I want to see how quickly you can do it. Ah, oh, that could take me a long time. No, it shouldn't. I want you to do it. Oh my gosh. Okay, great. Have a wonderful day. Can't wait to see your Instagram. I will email you quickly. Yes, please update me. I'll keep you updated. Keep us updated on all the fabulous dating life of Cameron Burwell. Don't keep yourself from the world any longer. They need you. The ladies need you. I I hope so. They need you. They They need you. You're doing great. I'm glad to know I'm needed. You're needed. (laughs) All right. Bye. Bye. Just the tip, a dating tip. I clearly do not say this often, but if you are out in the dating world and you don't have an Instagram account, you kind of need to make one. Not because that's the only way to be connected to the world, but I do think especially if you live in a smaller town or if you do things like Cameron does and, you know, teach classes or kind of a public figure where people would want to find you and reach out to you and maybe they'd be too shy to talk to you in real life, but they'd like to message you, which we all know that we do, you kind of need to give yourself the advantage. You have to hit from all areas possible. I really think Instagram, Facebook, social media, if there is something it's good for, it's kind of a secondary dating app. It's a way to expand your network. You can look at your friends' friends. They can look at you. So after we spoke, Cameron did make an Instagram and it is C-M-R-N-B-R-W-L-L. So it's basically Cameron Burwell with no vowels. If you, But if you just look Cameron Burwell, I think it comes up pretty quickly. Also some tips on how you do the Instagram because he put in a valiant effort and I have given him this feedback that his first four are kind of like funny, meme things from Facebook maybe. And then his, and I said to that, you really need to put some photos of yourself. Like if you're going to have an Instagram to act as a secondary dating app, you should arrange it as if it were a dating app. You have to have good looking photos of you, not super filtered, not super confusing, um, nothing crazy, but just, it's nice to get an idea of your sense of humor with the first four things he did. He also kind of posted them one after another, which I would say one post a day is just fine. And then after I gave him the feedback of post some pictures, he posted three pictures in a row. He's very eager. He takes feedback really well. I will say that about Cameron. You take feedback very well. Um, But again, one post a day, 
pictures with friends, family, doing things, activities, make sure you look good, make sure it's not super filtered or not a ton, a ton of selfies. It also means making an effort when you go to a party, when you go to a fun thing, when you're teaching your dance class, ask someone to take a picture and send it to you. They, they're not going to ask why. This is very normal these days. So be an advocate for yourself and keep in mind, oh, I need more photos of me doing the things I love or with friends or out in the world. But do give yourself the best possible advantage. Make yourself an Instagram and make sure it looks good and don't use it as a place to vent your true feelings about the world. Instagram, I've said it before and I'll say it again, is for networking, dating, and making yourself look good. It's not for your vulnerability and rawness and true feelings and whatever else. That's for your therapist's office and your friends, close friends and close family. Don't use your social media that way. Think of it as another dating app because also, as we all know, whoever we're going to go on a date with is going to find us on Instagram regardless and compare notes from our Instagram to our dating app to our other social media. So keep it appealing. Keep it positive. Make yourself look good. You don't have to be over the top and crazy. Cameron, I'm so proud of you. You did what I said and made one and now we'll just work on refining it a little, but you can find him. C-M-R-N-B-R-W-L-L Cameron Burwell with no vowels on Instagram. And for all of you, get out there, make your dating app profiles, make your Instagram profiles look like your dating app profiles and have some fun. Huge thank you to Cameron for being a listener of the show, taking my advice, being great over email and coming on the show and sharing his story. Thank you to all of you for sending me your listener questions. Continue doing so. Not your therapist podcast at gmail.com. Not your therapist podcast at on Instagram. Yeah. Thank you, Josiah Thorngate. Thank you to Christine Bartolucci. Thank you, Melissa Gruen. Thank you to all of you for listening, rating, reviewing. Please do review if you love this show and making dating fun. 